Welcome to a message of grace. Pastor Bruce Gellhorn today looks at Jeremiah's faith in buying land when a Babylonian invasion is imminent. Is it the mark of a fool or a mark of faith in God's great plan? Let's have a listen. Our gracious heavenly creator frees us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity, and by water and the Holy Spirit, we are reborn children of God and made members of the church, the body of Christ. Living with Christ and in the communion of saints, we grow in faith, love, and obedience to the will of God. Amen. Our first reading today is a continuation on from Jeremiah. We've been hearing from Jeremiah over the last several weeks. And uh, today we find Jeremiah in prison uh, in the king's palace because his words of doom and gloom are undermining the army, the war effort, and it's dragging down the morale of the people. So they've tossed him in prison. The Babylonians, their enemies, are knocking on their door, so to speak, and lo and behold, Jeremiah buys a field. Does not make any sense at all. Your country is going to be overrun by another nation to go buy land. But Jeremiah buys a field. And it is a sign and a symbol that the people of Israel would be given a future hope. That once again they would buy land and have families in the promised land. A reading from Jeremiah. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of King Zedekiah of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadrezzar. At that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and the prophet Jeremiah was confined in the court of the guard that was in the palace of the king of Judah, where King Zedekiah of Judah had confined him. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. Hanamel, son of your uncle Shalom, is going to come and say to you, buy my field that is at Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. And then my cousin Hanamel came to me in the court of the guard, in accordance with the word of the Lord, and said to me, buy my field that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Well, then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. And I bought the field at Anathoth from my cousin Hanamel and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase containing the terms and conditions and the open copy and I gave the deed of purchase to Barak, son of Neriah, son of Messiah, in the presence of my cousin Hanamel, in the presence of the witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, and in the presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard. In their presence, I charged Barak, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in an earthenware jar in order, in order that they may last for a long time. 
For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Our second reading this day was written by the Apostle Paul in about 65 AD. It's from the letter in the New Testament called 1 Timothy. Timothy was a friend of Paul's, a colleague in ministry, a young pastor. And so Paul is writing to him to give him encouragement as a pastor. Today you will hear him talk about false teachings and true riches. And the interesting piece with this reading today is you will also hear the most misquoted verse in the whole Bible. You often hear it said that money is the root of all evil. The actual quote from Paul's letter to Timothy is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Let us listen. A reading from 1 Timothy. Of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, Gentleness, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and the only sovereign, the King of the kings and Lord of lords, it is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty, or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides for us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the Church. The Holy Gospel according to the 16th chapter of St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously 
every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. And Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in a like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. And he said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. And Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. And the rich man said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And Abraham said, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We heard once again from Jeremiah. The situation is that after a series of four kings, Saul, King David, who we are all familiar with, Solomon, and Rehoboam, the nation split into two because of taxes because the king put huge taxes on the people. It split into the north and the south. The northern part of the kingdom with Samaria fell in 721 to the Assyrian army. And the southern part of the kingdom, Judah, which is where Jeremiah is prophesying, it does fall in 587 BC. What you hear of today takes place or you heard in the first reading, takes place in about 588 B.C., so about one year before the fall. In the reading you heard, and you heard me in the introduction, that Jeremiah is in jail in the palace because he's undermining the morale and the people's spirit and the war effort. So they toss him in prison. You heard of two kings mentioned, the king of Judah, of Israel, 
who is Zedekiah. He's in the 10th year of his reign. He has one more year to go. And uh, it's the last of the line of Davidic, last of David's line in terms of kings. And you also heard Nebuchadrezzar. He's the king of Babylon. He's in his 18th year of reigning, and he will reign for many more years. Now, Jeremiah is in prison because he's been prophesying at this point in time for some 37 years, telling people to amend their ways, to turn away from their ways and turn back to worshiping God because there's going to be a collapse, a fall. They're going to be taken into exile, and Jerusalem and the temple and the palace are all going to be destroyed. And here he is in prison, and he has a word from God. I don't know how that word from God came to him. Maybe it came in a dream or a vision. But he has a word from God that his cousin, his Hanamel, is going to come and say, I have this piece of land in Anatoth, and I want you to buy it. Now, it's interesting because Anatoth, when you read the book of Jeremiah, that's where Jeremiah is from. But with all his doom and gloom, that if they don't turn from their ways, they're going to be destroyed, the people of Anatoth actually tried to put Jeremiah to death. And so now his cousin comes and says, buy this piece of land in this place. That's your homeland, but even though these people tried to put you to death, you know, buy this land. And uh, the, the historical piece, too, is as a cousin, uh, as a family member, you always had first right to purchase land. When a family member was selling some land, family had first right of purchase. So Jeremiah has first right to purchase. But this land in Anatoth, it's kind of a symbol of danger, and it's a symbol of rejection because of the history between Jeremiah and these people. The Babylonian army is knocking at their door. These people wanted to kill him. And you know what? He buys the land. Like, is he nuts? He's been prophesying that the Babylonians are going to destroy them for 37 years. They're knocking on their door. The land is going to be worth nothing because this other nation is going to take it over. He's been saying that for 37 years, and he goes and buys the land. It doesn't make sense. His cousin comes, and, uh, and when Jeremiah says he's going to buy the land, I imagine Hanamel is probably doing a happy dance because the land is probably worth nothing, not even a buck, because they know that they're going to be overtaken by the Babylonians. But you hear this elaborate description. It was sold for 17 shekels of silver which when you translate it to today's Canadian dollars, it's about $14,000. Not a lot of money for a piece of land, but we don't know how big the land was or what kind of land it was, but considering it's worth nothing to pay $14,000 for it, Hanamel was probably doing a happy dance because he's going to lose the land anyways, but now he's got money in his pocket. An elaborate description is given of the sale. The 14 shekels of silver are weighed out. That's the way they did it in those days. They had these scales, and they weighed their, their money. So he's not shorting him. 
It's true. They make two deeds. They are signed by witnesses. The one deed is rolled up and wax is put on it and a signet is put on it. It's sealed. The other one is the open deed. There are witnesses. The purchaser and the buyer, are, the purchaser and the seller are there. They sign it. It's all done according to Hoyle. Every T is crossed and every I is dotted according to the laws of the day so that we know it wasn't just some, some flippant, yeah, I'll buy your land with no follow-through. It was followed through. This land was purchased by Jeremiah. And it is a prophetic divine drama. In this purchase of land, it is a word from God. Because you see, the children of God, just like his home people of Anathoth rejected Jeremiah, the children of God have rejected God. And in spite of the rejection, Jeremiah buys it back. And in spite of the rejection, God buys us back. We didn't quite read this far in the text because it's not part of the lectionary. God says, I will bring them back to this place. I will settle them in safety. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me for all time, for their own good and their good of their children after them. You see, God has taken it upon himself to hold us. It's God's decision. It's God's activity. God has decided to buy the Israelites back. And that's kind of interesting because this morning we had a baptism. And there's nothing that Cairo can do to make God love him. He can't come here and pull weeds out of the lawn or mow the lawn or teach Sunday school or fold bulletins. He is dependent upon his parents for life, for food and nourishment and care. And it's a reminder that we are dependent upon God for life, for nourishment and care. And God has decided to be our God. You know, I get up in the morning and like many of you, we fight the good fight of faith. We fight the good fight of faith in the midst of a society that is falling away. In the midst of a society that is bearing some of the marks of a society that falls away. And you know what? You know who's fighting for us? God is. I get up in the morning and fight the good fight of faith, and God is already fighting for me. God is already fighting for you, too. The God of the universe is infinitely holding on to us. That's the field that God paid for. Jesus. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
God is fighting for you and for me. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. If you would like more information on our congregation and how we can be of service to you, please visit our website at www.gracelutheran.ca or check us out on Facebook. Peace be with you.